the energy prices drive everything. So the cost of distribution goes up. The cost of running an outlet goes up. I have a feeling this is we're in, we're in for the long term. I think that we'll see creeping inflation over the next two to three years. I mean, our focus is always on increasing the top line, really trying to have as many people come to our restaurants as we can. When you do that, if your restaurants are busy, there are all sorts of opportunities to manage costs for economies of scale and things like that. Welcome back to the Fifth Wave podcast. I'm Jeffrey Young, editor-in-chief of coffee business magazine, Fifth Wave. And today we're exploring the impact of soaring inflation on the global economy. Following the impact of COVID, supply chain disruptions, and now the current Ukraine crisis, in the UK, gas prices alone rose almost 30% just in the month of March 2022. But beyond energy prices, where is this inflationary pressure coming from? How should operators manage these pressures? And to what extent will these increases in costs affect profitability? Today, we speak with two coffee shop leaders, Chris Ammerman of Caravan and Jim Raggis of Second Cup. But to begin, let's get the lay of the economic land by speaking with Will Hawkley, Global Head of Leisure and Hospitality for KPMG. Welcome, Will. Hi, how you doing? Challenging times, some people say, for hospitality. I wonder if you could give us a little bit of background on the current economic situation globally, and especially uh, today's topic is around inflation. It's a mixed bag, I think. So I think, obviously, we've come out of the COVID-19 pandemic, or most places have come out of the COVID-19. So, you know, since then, the economies have done pretty well. So if you look at the US economy, it was 2.8% above its pre-pandemic peak. And um, the UK is 0.7% ahead, Eurozone 0.5% ahead. And that's a pre-pandemic peak. So that's pretty good performance. The, the economies have stormed as we've come out of the pandemic in terms of growth. But what we're starting to see now is some warning signs. And the US economy was even in decline in Q1 of 2022. So, you know, what we're going to see moving forward with the um, Ukraine crisis, inflation, you know, is all going to be something of a concern. As, you know, the, the figures yesterday around the UK inflation at 9%, which is the highest in 40 years, and predictions that that's going to be around until at least the end of this year. Then the Bank of England is, is forecasting back to its 2% target in two to three years. But once inflation hits those type of levels, it's difficult to quickly get it back down again. So that inflation rate is, is worrying. Well, what are the causes of, of the inflation? So it's supply shocks coming out of the pandemic. Containers were in the wrong place. So a lot of it's been, you know, supply side driven. Then you've had issues with labour. Obviously, the biggest issue is fuel and energy and pricing. And that has been exacerbated by the Ukraine crisis, obviously. And that, you know, fuel prices affect everything because it feeds through the supply chain. So it's really driven by fuel, I would say. What is the impact of all this inflation on the hospitality sector? Basically, the price of everything is going up. It's really a difficult time for the sector. 
So the energy prices drive everything. So the cost of distribution goes up, the cost of running an outlet goes up. I mean, I know just from my local pub, you know, a small local tenanted pub, his um, electricity bill has tripled and his gas bill has doubled. And how do you pass that on to the consumer at the same time as VAT has gone back up to 20%, the rent moratoriums have ended, minimum wage has gone up. There was already food inflation from post-Brexit and all the issues that caused. And then you get the Ukraine crisis on top and certain elements of costs have just gone through the roof. I was reading earlier this morning that I think the cost of wheat's gone up 74%. We all know about sunflower oil. I think overall food inflation is running between 10 and 15%, depending on the exact category. So all these issues are hitting the sector. And with the backdrop of that, you've also got the labour issues. So there is a massive shortage of labour, I should say. And that is not just in the UK. It's global. The UK is slightly worse, I would say, because of Brexit and people who did go home during Brexit and during COVID and haven't come back. But we all read the stories about, you know, trying to get chefs and the incentives that people are paying to get chefs. If you look at the hotel industry, it's very difficult to get cleaners. So you see a lot of increase in room rates, but that's not actually true to a huge, a massive increase in demand. It's because they can't open all the rooms in the hotel because they can't clean them. And this labour issue is is huge. People have left the sector and gone to other sectors. You know, maybe they've gone to work for Amazon. Maybe they've gone and worked, you know, in the NHS at the time because there were no, obviously there were no jobs in hospitality during the pandemic. And they found that maybe they prefer those industries and they've decided not to come back. I know UK hospitality and a lot of other bodies are looking at how they solve this labour problem and how you attract more people into the industry and improve the image of the industry. And a lot of that has got, it's not just about pay, you know, it's about working experience, work-life balance, you know, split shifts are not the greatest way, you know, for a chef, you know, if you're working, you know, 11 till three, and then you get a few hours off, but then you have to work in the evening, you can't really go home. So, you know, labour is another big issue that is there for the sector. What impact will all this inflation have on the end customers and their willingness and ability to visit hospitality? I guess the truth of that is we just don't know because it's too early. But we've done some research where we asked 3,000 consumers about what they plan to spend their money on or where they plan to cut back. And unfortunately uh, for our sector, the most common target for cost cutting is eating out. 65% of respondents said that was probably an area they would look at to rein in their spend. I think what's important, though, is often people will say they're going to do something in a survey and it doesn't actually mean they are going to do that. So we will see. But the other thing I would say on, on a more positive note is the sector, if you look at it as a sector over previous recessions, and I think what's really important is having come through COVID, I think the sector is in a much better place than it was before because we have had some rationalisation, we have had CVAs, we have had outlets close. And therefore, the operators and the companies that are around now, having come through it, I think are in a much stronger position than they were. You know, they're very resilient. I think there are, you know, rent opportunities out there in sites that are empty. 
I live in Kingston-upon-Thames, and if you look at my local town centre, where shops have closed, I've seen restaurant groups open, such as, you know, Wasabi, um, Frankamanka and Leon in venues that were previously shops. And that is fitting into the post-COVID trend, I guess, of people working from home more, uh, less people in, in the centre of big cities and people more in the suburbs. So I think the sector is is resilient. I think there is, excuse my language, the sodic factor around our sector as well. You know, people will maybe more likely not buy the fridge, not buy the car, not buy the TV, but they will still go out for dinner. Whether they then decide to reduce the frequency a little bit, but possibly increase the spend, um, you know, we will see. But I think it's going to be tough, but I think the industry is in a good place. It's resilient. It's innovative. If you see some of the things that were done during COVID, you know, the innovation that came through that probably would have taken years happened in weeks. You know, table ordering and the apps, operators moving from a restaurant business to a direct to consumer business. If you look at Pizza Pilgrims, for example, they did a fantastic job with their pizza in the post, uh, which they literally set up within weeks and then were selling as many pizzas through the post as they were in their restaurants and increases the value of that business because they've got a direct to consumer business. They've got data. They can see where people are ordering, having pizzas sent to them and they're therefore maybe reverse engineering. That might be a good place to open a restaurant because there's high demand. So as I say, I think there's been some great innovation. And if that continues and you give the right customer experience, you use technology in the right way, businesses will be successful. I was at Just Eat yesterday and they talk about moments of joy. And when the doorbell rings, it's joy. They're delivering joy. You know, you go out to socialize, to have fun. And that's what we all want to do. You know, we're we're social animals at the end of the day and, and we love food and we love drink and that's what our industry does. So hope there's some hope for the future, so to speak. Thanks a lot for joining us. Cool. Thanks a lot. So the economic headwinds are very strong for hospitality. Food, energy and labour all risen dramatically in the last 12 months. And coffee shop operators are asking themselves, in the face of all this, what should I do to keep my business alive? And to answer this question, now let's turn to two highly experienced coffee shop operators to understand how they've been weathering the storm. We start with Chris Ammerman, Director of Operations at Caravan, a London hospitality chain employing 475 people across seven restaurants, three cafes and a coffee roasting business. Chris, thanks for joining us here today on Fifth Wave. Thanks for inviting me, uh, Jeffrey. Pleasure to be here. So today's topic, inflation, I'd love to unpack some of the pressures that your business might be feeling in each of those areas. Let's take the restaurant. What are the concerns at the moment? Yeah, well, it's, inflation is something we haven't had to think about for the last 15 years, really. The biggest effect has been the increase in utilities. The energy prices have massively increased. Um, we came to the end of a uh, 24-month contract uh, last September, or utility prices were three and a half times what we were previously paying. So that has essentially hit our P&L as a cost. It's really affecting our business massively. But obviously, haulage has increased. And then, of course, wages are going up as well. So in the restaurant business, the national living wage goes up every year. We're, we're fully supportive of that, that wages go up. And also due to just simple supply and demand, 
there's been a, a real dearth of good people in London since Brexit. And we are, are paying people more. I think there's less good people in the market. So simple supply and demand, people can demand more, um, more salary. So that all of these things have a huge effect on our business. So is, is this the wrong time to go into hospitality? I mean, is this sustainable? I mean, is, is this, are we at the beginning of something that could be really, really troubling for our industry? Yeah, that, that's a really good question. Um, is there ever a right time to go into hospitality? I think, I think you do it because you love it and because you believe that, that it's the right industry to go into. It. And I think, I think you do it definitely for reasons of passion and enjoyment rather than uh, pure commercial reasons. But look, I think if you have a good concept, if you have a sound commercial basis for your concept, then I think ultimately uh, you should always go for it. It's certainly getting tougher, but if it's not one thing, it's it's the next, right? Uh, rents have been going up for the last 10 years massively since we started. Rents have, have doubled over this 10-year period. So there's always cost pressures in hospitality. I think it's just how you address the challenges. So as you've grown, have you been able to at least create more efficiencies in your business to manage those costs? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, our focus is always on increasing the top line, really trying to have as many people come to our restaurants as we can to serve as many people in a day and give them a good experience so that they come back. So when you do that, if your restaurants are busy, you, there are all sorts of opportunities to manage costs for economies of scale and things like that. And now that we have seven restaurants, we have an operations team that kind of works very closely with the restaurants in a support function. So then we could have another potentially eight, nine and 10 restaurants with the same team. So there are all sorts of efficiencies. Uh, I know Mars works very hard in the kitchen to make sure there are efficiencies throughout our menus. So there's very little waste. There are all sorts of things that you can do to make sure that you're a commercially viable business and manage those challenges. Now let's turn to the other side of your business, the roasting side. Are there cost pressures there? Yes, there are. Things like haulage is affecting us. Some of our consumables and things come from China. Transport from China has increased, so that is increasing costs in our business. But also um, the price of coffee is hugely, you know, incredibly volatile at the moment. It's going up and down. This is something that the price of commodity coffee has been historically very low. But, you know, this year we've seen storms in Brazil. We've seen droughts, frosts. I believe there's a shortage of pickers across Central America. Uh, origins like Honduras are producing only 50% of, of what they normally produce. And, and then we have political unstable position in, in Ethiopia. So all of these things means that we need to be very careful when and how we purchase our coffee. So luckily, we work outside of the commodity market. So we have long standing relationships with, you know, farmers at, at origin. And um, uh, although having said that, when the commodity price goes up, ultimately, that drives also the specialty coffee price up. Now, returning to this, this major issue of energy. Now, let's look at the sort of the interplay between the two sides of your business. Where would you say that the energy price increase had the biggest impact in your business? Is it on the running the restaurants or is it in roasting the coffee? So you have a massive effect on our restaurant business. So I'd say an increase of 250, 300,000 pounds more per annum than we were paying previously. So that essentially just feeds down to the bottom line. And as a restaurant, you use a huge amount of energy, heating, extraction, and you've got the ovens on all day. Is there any way around that? There are always energy-saving um, initiatives you can put in, like PIR lights in the um, loos that only go on when someone walks in. 
in some of our sites, we have a, a system where the extraction is led by a device that um, it increases the extraction rate when the chefs are cooking and naturally decreases when they're not cooking. What about coffee machines? Yeah, I think a lot of the coffee machines that are being produced are a lot more energy efficient. We've put a, uh, an Eagle one in our brew bar, in our roastery. I, I know that the team chose that because of its energy efficiency. I know all the, the top espresso makers are making their machines far more uh, energy efficient. Wonderful, Chris. Thanks for being here today. Thanks so much. Great to talk to you, Jeffrey. Increasing menu prices to absorb higher energy and burgeoning operating costs seems unavoidable. But Chris's advice is to focus on great customer experience and growing the top line. And this gives you the scope to find efficiencies as your business expands. Now let's get a more global perspective by speaking with Jim Ragus, president and CEO of the Second Cup Coffee Company, an international franchise of coffee shops headquartered in Toronto, Canada. Welcome, Jim. Thank you very much for having me. Second Cup, I wonder if you could tell our audience a little bit about it. We've got a global audience. Um, not everyone has seen Second Cup. And yeah, want to tell us about the brand and, and, and the scale of your operations. So the brand started 1975 in Canada, actually started its life as a little kiosk in a, a suburb of Toronto selling just coffee beans. And people liked the coffee so much that they started brewing it and serving coffee for people to try. And then said, hey, people are crazy for this. So they started charging for it. <laughs> wow. And that's how the name Second Cup came about, because people were always asking for a second cup. And from there, the, the, the brand grew across Canada. Right now in Canada, post-pandemic, it's 170 locations. Internationally, we operate in uh, 22 countries right now. And we have 150 locations internationally with more growing. I joined Second Cup in 2010 as uh, president. And when I joined that, my, my focus was the international business and still is. Business that started in 1975, but you joined in 2010, quite a good innings there. Is this period of inflation that we're seeing, this economic situation that the world seems to be in, is this anything that you've seen before in your career or in, in your time within Second Cup? Within Second Cup, I'd have to say not globally in particular regions, because we operated in some, some countries internationally that were, we operated in Libya for a while. And then a war came. So there's been some, some areas where we were in, when I joined, we were operating in Turkey. And that was at a time when the inflation was going crazy in Turkey, doing the same thing again now. They went, they had a period of growth and improvement and seems to be going backwards again now, like the rest of the world as well. So it's not new. And in my, I've been in the hospitality industry since 1982. And I've seen inflation hit. I, I remember buying my first car with a, an interest rate of 18%. Where interest rates are today and where inflation is today, it seems to us like it's really bad because we're, we've been used to almost deflation and almost zero rates for interest. If there are some you know, concerns around inflation, what are some of the pressures you are seeing across your business relating to inflation? The obvious one, and I think something that's been going on forever in the hospitality industry is labor shortages. It's harder and harder to get people to, to come back to work. And it's harder to find people that are 
look at working in a cafe or in a restaurant as a as a career. It's very much a part-time kind of position. A I'm doing this till I can get to my next goal in life. Logistics for me as a franchiser, where we're shipping product to our franchise partners all over the world, logistics is a huge issue and the rising cost of logistics. So if we're sending containers all over the world with our coffee and our product, the cost of a container in 2019 and the cost of a container today is three times. That's three times. Three times. Three times. Absolutely. It's crazy increase. And so that affects costs. The other thing in our industry, obviously, is coffee and cocoa are two key components of our industry. And those prices have had really increases and, and volatility is a better way to describe it, where it's hard to hedge because you don't know if you're going upwards in the price or downwards on the price. And I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say and include right now the war in Ukraine is actually affecting our industry and will continue to affect our industry throughout the year because Ukraine and the U.S. and I was going to say the USSR, but Russia were really large suppliers of wheat. As everybody knows, you go to a coffee shop, the two main products are coffee, tea, and baked goods. Need need flour for that, and that comes from wheat. So wheat pricing has gone crazy. Uh, I can tell you, for example, we're operating in Egypt. We have nine locations now in Egypt, and the 80% of the wheat supply that's imported into Egypt comes from the Ukraine. So that's gone. They can't get that now. So they're struggling and, and to find other sources. Right now, there's no shortages, but the prices have gone up. I worry about shortages for a lot of these type of things. And then just globally, I think currency fluctuations are affecting everything. I, at the cafe level, staff are looking for better incentives. More, Almost every one of our regions around the world have some kind of insurance program for their employees. Even in, we operate in a couple of third world countries where you know, we pay a higher salary than the typical industry so that we can get the best people and support the people the best way that we can. But yeah, and logistics, labor, cost of key products is really driving that. And then from an expansion as a business point of view, your CapEx is increasing because Equipment pricing is also going up. <laughs> so you're not going to be able to avoid having to raise prices later on. And any other ways that you're navigating this price increase, given the fact that you mentioned that you're unable to pass on that cost to the end consumer, ultimately, as much as you would like to cover those, those extra costs, how do you go about navigating that? How do you get through that? You look for alternatives. You look for different ways to drive revenue and and profit at the store level, at the franchise level, at the corporate level. We're looking for and understanding the data that uh, there's a lot of data nowadays Mm -hmm. with every company going digital. So understanding what the consumer wants and how you can get that to him in a more affordable way, in a way that'll get him to come back to you to make him more loyal. And at the end of the day, also, you're absorbing, like I said, some of the, the costs eventually will get to the consumer. But I think all retailers and especially in the hospitality are just waiting and slowing down on everything before, before doing that. You have to adjust. You have to, I, I guess time is the biggest issue. The, the way we're looking at it, we're trying to get regions to, to improve. From a corporate standpoint, 
We're spending a lot of time on R&D to get better products at a more affordable cost so that our franchise partners can maintain the price levels that their customers are used to. What about technology to try and take away some of that labor? Yeah, and technology is something we're looking at. We're testing in one of our regions, digital menu boards. We've introduced uh, a loyalty app where people can just do everything on the loyalty app, and including prepay and, and order. We're introducing and, and looking at further digital adoption in terms of understanding the, the needs of the consumer. And that comes from, from digital. We're not quite ready to replace our baristas. That's not something we want to do. But we are, from a technology standpoint, working with a couple of our partner manufacturers to create stronger, better vending options, because that's something that'll be able to allow us to get into more locations closer, faster. One of the things that I'm excited about is we're working on a new vending machine that will have fresh ground coffee fresh milk and be fully digital so you'll be able to talk to it and get your order done and it'll recognize as you're walking by if you're a man woman child and tailor the offering to you so that's cool to be able to get that and finally because you trade across a lot of countries are there any areas in particular in the world where you're seeing more pressures than others on cost yeah there is Part of the problem with dealing in so many countries, uh, some of these countries, because of the uh, shortages and and costs of inflation, are are putting restrictions on how our franchise partners can import products. country like, I'll use Egypt again as an example, country like Egypt that doesn't have its own coffee, doesn't produce coffee, uh, wouldn't block or make it difficult to import coffee. But they've made it difficult to import anything into the country because they need to maintain their foreign currency reserves, and they're trying to maintain jobs within the country. So any in the past, our franchise partner would place an order with us. We'd ship a container, they'd pay for it. That now all has to go through a letter of credit process that has to get approved by the government. They can't send any money beyond $5,000 outside of the country without government approval. So these are some of the things that are a result of the inflation, a result of the shortages that we're seeing uh, around the world. Other countries, it's the pressures are countries like Pakistan, countries that have always had a, an issue. And we have 40 locations in Pakistan. So it's a challenge uh, for some of these countries to, to deal with inflation. Yeah, yeah. Currency devaluations are hurting, are making, are compounding the, the issue in some of these countries. Yeah, because the dollar has remained, well, is quite strong at the moment. Uh, certainly against the Correct, yeah. the pound and the, I think the euro. The pound has been doing well uh, compared to the last couple of years as well. So that's improved. But anybody that has to pay for stuff either in pounds or in, in U.S. dollars. In Canada, I was buying a one U.S. dollar for dollar nineteen, a dollar twenty uh, in twenty nineteen, and right now we're paying almost one thirty. So you know that that drives up our costs as well. Overall, how long do you think this inflationary period is going to last? I have a feeling this is we're in, we're in for the long term. I think that we'll see creeping inflation over the next two to three years. I Part of it is going to be driven by, don't forget, in the last two years, nobody was really buying or doing anything because of the pandemic. So that's helping to drive inflation, I think, on the short term. On the long term, I think global actions like the war in Ukraine are going to affect it and continue to affect until that gets 
leveled off. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that improves faster. I think it's important for companies to be flexible and adaptable to get their things done. I'm expecting to see price increases that will continue to grow because, like, for instance, labor costs around the world are going up and they're going to go up. They have to go up. People that are working, in, especially in our, in our coffee shops and coffee shops around the world, they don't make a lot of money. It's a tough job. They have to smile and be happy for everybody every single day. And they deserve a fair wage. So I think we're not at fair wage level with everybody yet. I think we'll start seeing increases. And I think the general consumer is ready to pay a little bit more. The key is going to be make sure you keep your, your customers happy and treat them right. I think companies need to embrace digital adoption. There's a lot of AI. We, we have 75,000 members on our loyalty app in, in Cairo alone. And there's a lot of data that comes out. Data is great, but you got to look at it, read it, and listen to it. And so I think those are some of the things that have to be done. And at the end of the day, I think inflation will start to come down, not for another two years. And that's when we'll start seeing things level off. I don't know. We're not going to get back to 2019 or 2018 levels where inflation was zero. I don't think that's healthy either for our economy. You need to have some growth and some inflation. That's been amazing, Jim. Thanks for joining us here on Fifth Wave. My pleasure. It was uh, great speaking with you. So it appears that high inflation might be with us for a number of years, placing upward pressure on the cost of labor, equipment, and energy. Successful operators will be those that adjust their business models, embrace the reality of rising costs, and implement smart cost reduction initiatives and technologies to create healthier, more sustainable, and more scalable businesses. And if there is a silver lining to all this inflation, it could be that baristas and hospitality staff that choose to stay in our industry might be able to enjoy better standards of living with much merited higher wages. And while prices will increase, the industry believes that cautious and cash-strapped consumers will still be prepared to purchase their daily cup of joe at operators that deliver exceptional customer experience. And that's all this week for the Fifth Wave podcast. If you enjoyed the show and want to stay informed, visit worldcoffeeportal.com to get access to the latest global coffee news, including the weekly coffee dose. Links are in the show notes. This episode was produced in the one and only Serendipity Studios in glorious Camden, North London. It was produced by myself, Jeffrey Young, Hannah Heath, James Harper of Filter Productions, and sound engineering by Chris Bristow. And this week's track, in collaboration with the Coffee Music Project, is a great song called Floors and Ceilings by Frank Hamilton, featuring Lauren Aquilina. And until next time, stay safe and stay caffeinated. Inside your heart, I wanna be.
ceilings when she wakes I'm still dreaming the long days get me thinking they always get me thinking